Welcome to Syncreate, a show where we explore the intersections between creativity, psychology, and spirituality. Our goal is to demystify the creative process and expand the boundaries of what it means to be creative. I'm Melinda Rothhouse, and I help individuals and organizations bring their creative dreams and visions to life. And just before we get started today, I wanted to let you all know that we are on Patreon. So um, if you're enjoying the show and you want to help us grow and support the effort, this is kind of my personal gift to the world. We don't run commercials or anything like that. So if you'd like to support us, find us on Patreon. So today what we're doing is a little bit different than anything we've done before on the show. We have three wonderful guests today uh, whom I'll introduce in just a moment. And, um, you know, this episode is much more personal to me. I'm going to talk a lot more about my personal journey related to one aspect of my own creativity and how each of you have so amazingly supported me in this journey. Um, So... Uh, to kind of just give you some context here. So creativity is like what I live and breathe. It's what I'm all about. And for years, I struggled with a condition called adenomyosis, which is a gynecological condition that affects your uterus and makes it enlarged. I had several fibroids, painful periods most of my life, a lot of discomfort. And it was suggested to me some years ago that the only cure for this condition Mm -hmm. was a hysterectomy. And, you know, I was very hesitant to do surgery for several reasons. Just number one, the bodily integrity. You know, I felt like I wanted to keep myself intact on a physical level. Um, but also, you know, I, um, I'm a big believer in sort of the, the energy of creativity, how creativity lives in our body, how it's connected to our life force energy, our sexuality in the chakra system, the second chakra, the, mm-hmm. that, you know, pelvic space is connected to our creativity. So my biggest fear, which wasn't a rational fear, but it was a visceral fear, like I could feel it in my mm-hmm. body, mm-hmm. was that if I lost my womb, I would lose my creativity. And I remember many tears, yeah. probably with each of you, about <laughs> yes. that. So what I discovered along the way in talking with each of you and a number of other women is that the more I started to share my story the more I started to hear all these other people's stories and their struggles and their experience. Oh, I had to do that. Oh, yeah, that happened to me. And, you know, each story is unique, but there's such a commonality. And then I started to think, why is this a taboo topic? We're in the 21st century. You know, why don't we have these conversations more? And so I thought, let's have the conversation here. Yay. Yeah. So briefly to introduce each of you across from me, we have Marie Camiso. Hi. 
Hi. <laughs> Massage therapist and healer extraordinaire, originally from upstate New York, uh -huh. now living in the Austin area in Wimberley, yes. Texas. And definitely want to hear more of your mm. journey as we go on today. Absolutely. Yes. And then next to Marie, we have Leah Shadwick. She's an acupuncturist practicing alchemical acupuncture and transformative healing, originally from New York City. And you came here to Austin to study acupuncture at the Academy of Oriental Medicine. And you've been here ever since. I was going to say, never left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then we have Thais, a physical therapist and Feldenkrais practitioner. And um, you're originally from Brazil yes. and now in Austin for a number of years. So... I consider y'all part of my core healing and wellness oh, team. Thank you. You know, yeah. I've been working with each of you for a while now. And particularly, you know, once I made the decision to go ahead and have this surgery, you know, y'all have been incredibly helpful and supportive to me in sharing your own experiences and your wisdom, you know, in working with mm. clients and patients. And it's just been really such a blessing to me to have each of you. So I want to hear a little bit more about each of your kind of relationship to this topic mm. around um, creativity, women's health, the body, um, the sacred feminine, sexuality, you know, all of these things, which I think are really interconnected. So I want to start with Leah, because <laughs> I've known you the longest, and I've Aww. been working with mm -hmm. you the longest. And just, you know, tell us a little bit more about, you know, your connection to this topic. Well, I think my connection to this topic is just my own personal, very long journey of hormonal roller coaster ever since I can remember. Um, I feel like growing up, I just don't ever remember having a great period or cycle or even relationship to my cycle. And even in my 20s, like painful periods and bad PMS. And then, you know, when I tried to have my son and through my fertility, I found out through my one of my teachers who was an acupuncturist and Chinese medical practitioner through basal body temperature that I had these fibroids. Mm. And I was like, how come a gynecologist never mm. told me about these fibroids? I, I mean, I had the symptoms. I had painful periods. I had PMS. I had heavy bleeding, like bleeding through my pants, you know? And, um, yeah, when I, once I discovered that, I kind of started this journey for me about like, how am I going to heal these fibroids so that I could birth my son and um i did acupuncture and herbs and nutrition and lots of acupuncture and healing and talk therapy i mean all the healing modalities and it took me about a year and i finally did get pregnant with him and i actually in the midst of that experience had a very spiritual experience because it was hard for me to get pregnant. It took about a year and I was like, I have all these tools. How come I can't get pregnant? I don't understand mm -hmm. what's happening. And I remember going to a fertility doctor and she was like, oh, these fibroids, like you're not going to be able to get pregnant. And um, 
within my family, my greatest aunt is, um, she's a healer, but she didn't actually like practice healing just within her spirituality in Puerto Rico. And she was just known within her community for doing healing with hands. And my mom was saying, she was like, I think we have to go visit your aunt in mm. Florida and let's just go see her. She was like, she must have been like 99, if not over 100, like in this oh home, like, oh my not God. talking. Oh my you know, God. she couldn't really talk. But she, So we gathered there with my family, like talk about community, right? Yeah. We gathered there. We all held hands. She put her hands on my belly. She, she like prayed to herself. And... um. I got pregnant right after that. That is incredible. <laughs> so yeah. real. You wow. can't deny it. Yeah, yeah, it was a really incredible experience. And I think just even being there with my family and community and belief and support. When so many people are like, well, these fibroids are in the way. You know, like, mm-hmm. you're, it's not going to be, po- you know, it's not going to happen. And I'm trying to be brief, but, you know, fast forward, the fibroids grew through my pregnancy and... They were in the way, and I had to have a scheduled C-section, and that recovery was not fun. And I honestly was like, I don't know if I could have another one after that experience. Um, But, you know, they kind of calmed down, and now they've come back as I'm more in this perimenopausal time. And, you know, I think I feel a little fatigued by it because I'm like, yeah. I can't believe I have to go through this process yeah. again. But it is making me think about like perimenopausally, like what what am I trying to birth next? Yes. In my own creativity. What what is trying to come through? What am I blocking? How is that related to my feelings, my emotions, my spirituality? Mm who I am and what I need to be in this kind of next mm-hmm. phase of my life. So, yeah. It's beautiful. And I know there's so much more with your healing work with your, you know, clients and patients. And yeah. hopefully we'll get to hear get some a little more bit more about that, about that as well. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful being able to work with women and see them on their healing journey. And it's amazing mm-hmm. even working with women's health. It's like, once you start to dive in, everyone has, a story or a trauma mm-hmm. or an experience linked to their reproductive system. Yeah. So I want to move next to Marie. Okay. And um, you and I connected a few years ago mm-hmm. through a mutual friend and just really hit it off. And um, I started coming to see you for mm-hmm. massage and energy work. And you you really helped me through a major transition mm-hmm. time in my life a couple years ago. And we've just become great friends. Yes. And so, you know, one of the things that really sticks out to me when I was contemplating the mm-hmm. surgery, that you had been through it. Mm-hmm. And so you were really able to help me kind of see what the process might be like. And your story is a bit different mm-hmm. from mine. And, yeah. And love to hear, you know, what you want to share about that. But it was really helpful, you know, to me to have somebody so close mm-hmm. who had gone through it and yeah. is now thriving mm-hmm. and, and doing wonderfully well. Um, so <laughs> Thank you. It is a process. It is. It is. <laughs> and everyone's different, it's for not sure. easy. Yeah. yeah. So what's, you. what's your connection mm-hmm. here? Yeah. Um, 
it's hard to know where to start because there are so many layers to it because there's the physical portion, the emotional portion, and then the the spiritual connection to all of it. And I could relate to so many things that you were saying. So even already, it feels healing to be here. So thank oh, you. Yes. Because, you know, I've physically healed, but there are definitely still elements that aren't, you know, completely healed. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. Um, and, um, so part of, part of the whole journey for me was I ended up having to have an emergency, um, sorry, emergency hysterectomy. Um, I had fibroids, uh, in my uterus, three of them. One, the legs ended up growing into the artery, um, and I essentially was bleeding out and in and everywhere. <laughs> and, um, and so I was emergently taken into the hospital. And the next day, so we were trying to control it as much as possible. But the next day and the first thing in the morning, I ended up having a hysterectomy. And at that time, or by that time, I had been trying all the things, all the acupuncture, all the herbs, all the everything. I had been married before and I was trying to get pregnant and that was not in the cards Um for me. Um, and then I got really angry during this time too, because I was like, oh, uterus, the only thing you're making is fibroids. Like, oh. And so, and that's part of the grief process, yeah. you know, that anger. So I got really angry and really sad and really all of the things <laughs> all at once. Um, but it's something that, you know, at that time there was, that is what I had to do. Having said that, building up to that point, there were so many pluses and yeses, um, learning so much more about energy work, being able to feel that in my own body, using nutrition and everything you mentioned, yes. tons of acupuncture yeah. and herbs and um using all of that to great benefit. So all of that's not lost. Um, sometimes people come, like my clients come, and they're like, but I still have them. Yes, and maybe the rest of you has felt that difference. The rest of you is more balanced. Like you are able to access different parts of yourself that maybe you didn't before. There are a number of other things that can be true as well. It's not like one or the other. So for me, this happened in February of 2020. So right before mm. pandemic. Yeah. And um wow. Yes, it was crazy timing. Fortunately, I didn't have to be alone in the hospital. I didn't have to be alone during these times. That's a whole other topic we can go into. Um even though I wasn't alone, the grief was huge mm. and I didn't realize it was going to be that huge. Um because there was, I was dating somebody at the time too, and he decided this was all too much for him, and mm -hmm. he decided to just back away. <laughs> and so then I was by myself, um, and so had that experience as well. Um, and during the healing process, 
the ha- my hammock was my best friend. Mm-hmm. And it was just like being in this hammock. And then I would have, I had friends that were like, I'm going to come visit. My parents came and they were able to be here right away, but then nobody could come. Mm. Yeah. So it was like the first three weeks I had somebody with me, my parents, my mom for a while, or my dad first and his wife, and then my mom. And then once they left, everyone else's flights were canceled, you know. And so, oh gosh, yeah. So then I'm like, oh, I'm here by myself. And my local friends were amazing and really stepped up. And, and thank goodness, you know, I'd have little soups left on my porch and, oh, you know, all uh-huh. kinds of loving, loving um, interactions. Yeah. So part of during that hammock time, I realized that whole life force energy was just like gone from me. And it also, because I'm a very feeling like physical and emotional connected person, it was my belly button. Mm. Because the belly button is the umbilicus, you know, that gives life. And mine, ooh, I feel it now. Mm. Um, That to me, and one of the cuts was there, you know, is there for for the surgery. Um, And so I just felt like a real negative connection to that and so um and right after that i also got an infection there and you know i know now looking thinking back about it it was that overwhelm and then me also not being able to get through that grief you know so it was like a combination of all these things so i did a lot of healing around that umbilicus uh, and what that actually meant to me or means to me um, was huge. Um, during that time, well, I have a history of Native American drumming being like a part of my like being. And it was during that time that I, I was in physical pain because I had had a lot of endometriosis too. So I was like cauterized through a lot of my abdomen, um, which was unbelievably painful mm. during the healing. Um it was described to me by the doctors as it's it's worse than giving birth. Wow. wow. So for me, that was like even worse because I'm like, I wanted to give birth, you know, and I never got to do that. This is when I get emotional. Mm-hmm. So bring it, girl. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to give birth. I didn't want this, you know. So yeah. it was like kind of bringing all of these things together. And, um, so, but I could drum. My arms were fine. Mm-hmm. So I would drum mm. and find this heartbeat and different beats and um, use the different drums on the parts of my body. So, I mean, at that time, I had never heard of sound healing. But, I mean, I feel like it was just something that naturally came as part of my healing. Um, and now I do drum circles once a month because I want everyone to know, like, it's fun. It's and healing, you know, yeah. you can be both and incorporate it all. Um, that is definitely one of the reasons, and I attribute drumming to part of my healing for sure. And that's like the the heartbeat of Mother Earth. It's like the being currently present here in this moment and knowing that we are exactly where we need to be, even though we don't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that was part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before that, I'll just share one more thing. Yeah. So leading up to that, um, the previous 18 months, I led a 
monthly creative women's circle. And we talked about different topics each month and we created something around that topic. Usually it was in writing, was either healing something or expressing something or a joy or whatever. Um, and so in my house, I happen to have like all these extra like little eight by 10 canvases. And one day I just thought, oh, I'm here. I might as well paint something. So what I actually painted, I've burned it since, but was um, it was all these words that I was feeling, mm. discouraged, pain, all of these. And I was get I got them out onto this canvas. And um, a few days later, I got the canvas out and I put like white around the edges, which was like, but I can see the light mm. as well coming out. So it was like this natural progression. So I wasn't trying to do it. <laughs> it just kind of started happening. So um, and during that time, I thought, well, I wonder if I could paint something else. And so I ended up painting some paintings, which I never knew I could do, um, for gifts for people <laughs> that were helping me during that time. My That's lovely, amazing. my tribe, my family, my friend family, you yeah. know, that was in Wimberley too, are still, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. So that's part of the creativity part that came in. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because it's such a beautiful example of, and we've talked about it in the show a number of times, you know, creativity and healing, how we can actually use creative process to heal ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it, it's almost like it came spontaneously for you mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to make sure we get to Thais. <laughs> and, um, you know, I started working with you probably, I don't know, a year and a half maybe two years ago i think so. it seems like longer it seems like we've known each other forever but and i first um started working with you i um had a hip injury um and you were recommended by some mutual friends and i'd been hearing your name forever and then i finally came to see you which was wonderful and you know we had you on an episode two yes. in the very beginning of the podcast yes. so it's great <laughs> to have you back um and we talked about kind of creativity and the body and movement um so um and in our kind of conversations leading up to today you brought in some really wonderful elements that I think are so important. It's like, how is the body sort of a sacred vehicle? And I really see it that way. Our body is our, mm. our temple, our sacred vessel. It's, you know, it's, it's our home and it, it is the place of creativity. Um, and so I'd love to hear just kind of what's on your mind with respect to this topic and your own journey and your work with clients yes um i um i got i started doing the work without um almost without knowing what i was doing you know mm -hmm. that kind of like people are going to realize that i don't know what i'm doing because <laughs> i start i work in this pt practice and the owner needed um 
there was a huge uh, demand for pelvic floor work. So she said, I needed to start seeing pelvic floor patients. And I was mortified, right? I was like, no, I don't have the training. It's something so special. I don't want to go there. And maybe tell us a little bit what that involves, actually. So pelvic floor work, you do movement, but you also do internal pelvic um examination and then uh, mobilization. You mo- you mobilize the soft tissue, the muscles, so involve um, internal inside the pelvis, mm-hmm. mostly through the vagina. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, I don't want to go there. Da, 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 da. But then she said, I would train you. Let's do it. And I'm like, okay. So I start doing very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. But um, uh, but then I start to see the results. Mm-hmm. And I was already a physical therapist for a long time. I was, a, I was already a Feldenkrais practitioner, which is mm-hmm. quite powerful in yeah. the sense of self and bring people back home. But that adds a completely different layer because um, it's almost like women will come back to life. Yeah. Right? I, 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 there was a recent patient that she just ended, and she showed me some pictures. She's like, look how beautiful I look. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, she doesn't care about, you know, the pelvic floor anymore. It was about, you know, she was mm-hmm. happy yeah. with yeah. herself. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So And maybe feeling at home in her body. And and, and, and vibrant and powerful. So I start to uh, wake up for those words, like like, oh, they get more powerful. And then we start joking, calling the work, like, let's wake up the goddess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Totally. <laughs> and then, so that was all great. I could see that happening. I could, you know, um, observe. But I was not still part of the work. I was doing it. I was supporting these women. And then I remember maybe two, three years ago, I went to see this very alternative practitioner here in Austin. And, and I was, uh, he asked me, he's like, what's going on with your reproductive system? And I'm like, nothing, I don't know. Like, oh, fine, all good. <laughs> He's like, go check, don't get scared, and come back. And of course, I was already freaking out. Mm. Oh my gosh, don't get scared, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. What is going on? I'm scared. <laughs> and then I was diagnosed with a quite big uh, fibroid, mm-hmm. completely silent, no bleeding, no yeah. anything. And the doctor was very straightforward, like, it's too big, you need to uh, remove your uterus. And I'm like, why not the fibroid? Why to remove the whole mm-hmm. uterus? And then she turned to me and said, you don't want to have more kids, do you? Right. Ugh. And like, like, that's the only reason yeah. to have a uterus. Right. <laughs> Which is such a common it's question. So, yeah. Crazy. That's right. So yeah. I was like, you know, and, and, I, and then I, here I was, like, like I read a practitioner with all these tools, mm-hmm. sitting in my car and just crying and feeling yeah. powerless. Yeah. And I was like, should I do it? Should I not do it? Maybe, you know, but I'm like, but what about me? You know, what about my work? What about my... So I went back to him and he said, he put this empty chair in front of me. He's like, talk to your fibroid. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, fibroid. What are you doing here? What do you have to tell and me? He was, yes. And he was just like looking at me, and I'm like, uh, he's like, go ahead. And I'm like, okay. 
we are doing this. So, so I, and then he saw, and I'm a, I'm a, uh, I come from dancing. So the whole love with movement start early on in life mm-hmm. with dancing. So I can't perform, right? But then I have to talk to myself, don't go, don't take mm-hmm. that route. It's cheating. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, don't go for that, you know? So I was just like feeling, you know, stupid and like, ah, oh, what am I doing? Why do I pay for this? Why do I come to see him every time? And then he said, do you know what is a, what a fibroid is? And I'm like an A student. Fibroid is, he's like, no. You know why, 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 why you grow that? And I'm like, no. And like, to make it stronger. Mm-hmm. It's a growth. Ugh. He said, it's a growth. And I'm like, oh, it says fibroid, extra fiber. So it comes to strength. Oh, my God. And I was like, okay. And he said, and you have been doing this because when I was 19, I had a thyroid cancer, another growth. And then he turned to me and he said, isn't time to stop uh, trading organs Mm. for power and Mm. strength? Yeah. And then that was completely, then I went to, he said, tap into your heritage, into your um, ancestors. Mm -hmm. I bet you can find a different source of strength. So then that, that, that changed completely what I was seeing, right? So I was already work with these women and already seeing the result. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, there's not other name for it. It's sacred. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's some, it's, it's, it's a spiritual, but again, right? It is a PT office. So I feel very shy about going there, mm. but so, um, curious about getting more of that, you know, more of the, the, and then for me, so, um, like we, you said before, right? The resistance. Yeah. Is hysterectomy my path? Mm. Could be, but I feel resistant, resistant, and I think it is because I'm not done with it. Yeah, I didn't learn yet what I get to learn. So then, one thing that he said is that that could be related to sexual uh, trauma, trauma with your sexuality. And I'm like, I have no trauma with my sexuality. What are you talking about? And then one day hit me, and I was like, Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. All that I know is abuse. From I start to see, you know, because it's the microaggressions in my mm-hmm. case. I, I come from a very sexist, misogynist culture. In my house, I could see that happening. My brother, the comments about women, about women's mm. body, uh, the lack of respect. So, so it's so important for me to go in the other direction, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you're special, you're sacred, your anatomy is perfect. Yeah, you know, my brother would go to details about female and and. Make fun mm-hmm. and compare and, 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 and I was maybe 14, 15 at the time. Mm-hmm. So that was really a hit on my mm-hmm. sexuality. Yeah. That's, you know, seeing a female body be degraded. Disempowered. Completely. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so those are the, that, that's my sexuality was developed through those lens. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so yeah. So this is for me, that's the path. I'm still learning, but digging more into, this um, energy, not only for energy, but this meaning. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. The, the female, like this yes. power. Yeah. You know, from a powerful, creative, you know, ma- a way to make things come through. Yes. Yes. And I'm so glad you said that because, again, bringing it back to creativity and the theme of this podcast, you know, I see creativity as a process of making meaning of our experiences, you know, whether Hmm. it's through writing or drumming or music or whatever it might be. It's a way that we can reflect 
on our experiences. And I think for me, the way I was able to, because I was so resistant for so many years, and then it just started to get like worse and worse and worse. And it was like, well, how much do you want to suffer? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, but it was a, a choice. really oh. hard decision. Mm. And then, you know, I was reading a lot of books on the topic, having these conversations, which I'm so glad we're having because I think there's so many women out there mm. that are yeah. dealing with these kinds yeah. of issues. And, you know, there's not a lot of mm -hmm. helpful resources. There are some, mm -hmm. but there should be a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, and so hopefully this conversation is helpful to other women. But for me, um, you know, it was a process. I think I grieved it beforehand. Yeah. You know, I you and I had the luxury of, you know, it being intentional and I was in control of the timing mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, I was reading the book, um, Women's Bodies, Women's awesome. Wisdom, which is so great. And, she, you know, <laughs> yeah. she talks about that decision, whether or not to have a hysterectomy. And she doesn't necessarily recommend surgery unless it's an extreme situation. And then she talks about how, well, if you decide you are going to go through with it, how do you prepare yourself mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. that? You know, and even though both of my parents were physicians, you know, I have some hesitation around the Western medical paradigm mm -hmm. that only looks at symptoms and not the whole person. That's yeah. what I love about what each of you do. The healing is so much more holistic, right? Um, but she recommended doing some meditations and guided visualizations to prepare for surgery where you actually envision yourself. You, like you go to a happy place and then you kind of envision yourself in the operating room and, you know, the doctors are there and the yeah. techs are mm -hmm. there and everyone's <laughs> been training their whole lives to do this job and they take pride in what they do and they're here to help you. So you feel more supported. And it was a question of trust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think because I have a lot of fear around going under anesthesia, mm -hmm. around having the surgery, you know, the whole mm -hmm. process. And it helped me get my mind in a place to not only be able to like receive the healing, um, and but then to like move through the process. And it was suggested to be by a couple of people, you know, I think yourselves included, and a couple of other people who are quite intuitive who said, you know, instead of just focusing on what you're losing, mm -hmm. what could you be gaining? Maybe this is really dragging you down. Maybe your creativity will actually blossom mm -hmm. after this. You'll have more energy, you'll have more space mm -hmm. um and so i am sort of conscious of time and i want to come back to to what i was just saying kind of like show you where i am now mm -hmm. um but I, I don't know i think this question of how we make meaning it's not just physical it's not just a diagnosis mm -hmm. it's not just a growth you know there's this whole mm -hmm. mental and emotional mm -hmm. and spiritual mm -hmm. aspect to all of this. Absolutely. So I don't know, anything kind of to share mm -hmm. on that? I think working with you, what I noticed that there was a moment that you knew, I don't know how you got there, but in, I think it's important. I don't know how other women, I don't know how I will get there, but it was quite obvious that there was a moment that you would just 
it sounds like you closed that and you knew. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was precisely through those conversations and seeing people who'd mm-hmm. been through it and yeah. were and were well <laughs> yes. and yeah. good. I remember you even, you know, I showed you my scars and yes. I know even the look on your face at that moment because they felt so huge at the time. And they're like, these little things now, you know. And <laughs> totally. so I remember even that moment and the look in your face like, oh, okay. At least now I can visually see that. Yes. And now you see also that I have full life force energy <laughs> and have had that experience. Yeah. You exactly. Know? Yeah. You know, and I will say just, you know, for anyone who might be contemplating this, the the surgery itself has come such a long way. Both my mother and stepmother had hysterectomies, and they cut you open, and mm-hmm. it was a huge yeah. process, mm-hmm. and you were bedridden for weeks. Mm-hmm. And Much now they do it good. often if mm-hmm. they can. We both had laparoscopic, mm-hmm. you know, so much smaller incisions mm-hmm. yeah. and ideally much quicker mm-hmm. healing time. So yeah, it's physical. really incredible <laughs> yeah. what they and can I, do. Yes, and I think that helps the emotional and spiritual healing part of it because we are able to see that process physically yeah and notice that physical energy coming back into our yeah. body yes. where i personally was like i could only work 3 weeks out of 4 beforehand you know and so i was just really sluggish yeah. and draining and so then you f- are able to feel that come back into your body. I mean, not without, you know, I still was doing as many things. Yeah. <laughs> I was walking around my house with acupuncture needles in and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> doing all kinds of things, um, you know, to support myself as much as I could. But yeah, I think that's something that sticks out to me too, is just talking about your life force energy and that creativity. Yes. I think yes. I kind of recall your getting more light to your face with this idea that, oh, what if I can surrender to this? This is a part of my path or letting go of this. How can that open up this new energy, this new creative force? Yeah. A new connection to myself, a new vitality almost. Yeah. I feel like that really, I saw that shift happen. I know. It was was really amazing. And again, I'm I'm grateful to each of you and to all the medical practitioners that I've interacted with. You know, the the surgeon who did my surgery was amazing, Dr. Hallie at um, the Austin Women's Hospital, Austin area OBGYN. I have to give her props. Like, she was amazing. The uh, All, all women, the, the anesthe- anesthesiologist was a woman, and, and they, and no, it was just great. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, we, we could talk about this for so many hours, and maybe we'll have to do a follow-up episode <laughs> at some point, but I do just want to share kind of where I've ended up with this, which is, I am now seven weeks out from surgery. Mm-hmm. I have my energy back yeah i am working on three new songs i have lots of ideas for the podcast and things to try out and people to talk to and my creativity is flowing you know and and it was suggested to me that that was a real possibility in fact one Mm -hmm. um kind of healer that i spoke with said you know 
take everything that you are ready to let go of on that topic of letting go and like put it into your uterus and let the doctors take it away. And there's going to be a huge shift here. And I can feel it. And I think you all Mm -hmm. described witnessing that. Mm -hmm. That makes me think about that question, though, like kind of coming full circle. It's like, isn't it about having the power, right? The power to be like, this is my choice. Yes. I am surrendering. Absolutely. I am letting go. And yes. How, yes. how that can just support you spiritually to get Absolutely. through it. Absolutely. As opposed to yeah. it, like someone else making the choice for you or mm-hmm. just kind of. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that is. For sure. That's being empowered as a woman. To, yeah. And even if we don't necessarily have a choice, you found a way mm-hmm. to connect to right. your creativity yeah. in your own healing process. So we all have our own yeah. journey. But yeah, I think that 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 sense of empowerment and like, you know, in interacting with medical professionals, like we don't have to be passive. Yeah. I have yeah. a very yeah. dear friend who's who's working with pancreatic cancer. And what she has really inspired for me is that you have to advocate for yourself. Yes. And don't totally. just take what one doctor tells you. Get a second uh-huh. opinion. Uh-huh. Do your research. Yeah. Ask around. Totally. Be Agreed. informed. Yeah. Like we have to kind of take control of our own yeah. healing. Yes. And that is also, they know what they know. Yeah. You know, and we also have this tribe now that we yeah. are creating. Yeah. You know, so yes, use that and the other supports of tools. Yeah. Even, you know, when you talked about like being with your family and Mm -hmm. all the women like being together. Yes. Like that's amazing. You know, but people like, you know, we all came from some kind of tribe somewhere. And during those times, um, I think these conversations are, you saw your family or your people or your tribe going through all the stages of life, you know, and we don't have that now. We all move all over and um, we have to create that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's a beautiful uh-huh. kind of note to end on. And, and you know, Charlotte, my Syncreate business partner, and I are working on a book on creating in community and just recognizing mm-hmm. the communities mm-hmm. that we all have and, and how do we create community and support and totally. sustain each other. Yes. So, and healing conversations. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It helps just to talk about it. Yeah. So cathartic, right? Like, uh-huh. let's have the conversation. Or, yeah, I'm not alone. We're in this together. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Always. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so great. I'm so happy this came together so yes. So at the end of each episode, I usually give a creativity pro tip. And what's coming to mind today is is, you know, really inviting each of us to contemplate where our creativity lives in our bodies. You know, whether we consider ourselves to be an artist or a creative or whether we're just now learning that we all have creativity Mm -hmm. and we use it every single day. So, you know, how do we relate, you know, physically and spiritually to our creativity? So I invite you to kind of contemplate Mm -hmm. that and see what arises for you. 
Um, so at SyncCreate, we're here to support your creative endeavors. Um, so if you have an idea for a project or an entrepreneurial venture and you're interested in our help, please reach out for one-on-one coaching or join our SyncCreate six-month coaching group in 2024, where we'll be taking people through the creative process from start to finish using our model of play, plan, and produce from our SyncCreate book. And um, just want to say thank you again to our lovely mm-hmm. guests today, Leah Shadwick, <laughs> Marie Camiso, and Thais Bikayo Silva. So happy to have you all here. And we are recording today at mm-hmm. Record ATX Studios in Austin. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, ladies. Thank, thank you. you. Beautiful. Oh. <laughs>